just wanting to let everyone know or the one person that's listening that uh we will be redoing most of the podcasts that we recorded twice already we are having extreme technical difficulties however i do want to get out the one podcast that we keep saying that we're going to get out um joe and jonathan are not here with me right now it's just me alex And I just wanted to say that this podcast, the specific one I'm referring to that we will be publishing soon, um, will be severely condensed and will not have all of the things that we wanted to put in because, uh, again, technical difficulties. We are not audio, audio engineers and we never claimed we were. So we we'll be redoing the major portion of the initial podcast uh, when we do the um, actual true crime story, our first headliner. So we'll be doing that um, when we do the first podcast for that headliner. And uh, what we have for you today is actually a, uh, a case and then the big reveal, I guess, not really that big, but, um, yeah, so we'll, we'll just put out the first episode of the reveal of who we'll be doing first. And then, um, the rest of it, we're going to re-record and, uh, kind of explain the podcast and everything. So (laughs) I guess everybody gets just a random case out of nowhere without really knowing what to expect from us, but we will be redoing that. Um, once we figure out how to actually work this shit, um, obviously we kind of suck. We've been working on this for the past two weeks and we will get this right. (laughs) Um, which I'll be damned if we don't, because I am a perfectionist. Anybody that knows me, it's gotta be right. So, um, we will be redoing it and expect a very long podcast in the future, uh, especially with our first headliner. So, enjoy this one small story and then the reveal of our first case um, or first headliner uh, that will be occurring in the next couple of weeks. So stay tuned. So I'm going to be discussing, this is the first time, well, it might not, I don't know. Joe, you probably have heard of this chick. Um, This is a case called The Disappearance of Brianna Maitland. So know if i know that name no uh-uh Ooh. what's wrong i don't have to go to work tomorrow ah fucking lucky (laughs) okay continue okay so i'm gonna give a little background of brianna i think that's how you say it how recent was this damn it no 
God, my cat. <laughs> he was going to run with that. No, you can't have the plastic bag. Bat kitty. Fucking weirdo. Okay, so the background. Brianna Alexandra Maitland was born on October 8th, 1986 in Burlington, Vermont. So this is a case out in Vermont. Okay. They don't know what happened to her. She's just disappeared. Her parents are Bruce and Kelly Maitland. She had an older brother. And she grew up in East Franklin, Vermont on a farm, her parents' farm. And uh, that is apparently near the Canadian border. So that kind of comes into play later, <laughs> which is funny. Anyway. So she did. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Go yeah. Ahead. So she was trained in jujitsu because she's a badass fucking bitch. She's bad. She's a bad <laughs> bitch. <laughs> she attended Enosburg Falls High School from sophomore year. Um, but uh, before that went to Mrs. Quaddy. I don't know. It was like, it sounds like it's a Native American name. Um, Valley Union High School, her freshman year. So when she turned 17, she, on her 17th birthday, um, she wanted to move away from her parents' farm. She wanted to have more independence. Um, her mom later stated that there was no stresses or anything to indicate like she wanted to leave or anything. Um, she just wanted independence and to live near a friend group that attended a different high school, uh, like 15 miles away. So eventually she did start attending that same school um, with that same friend group. But because of the instability of her being a 17 year old and not, you know, having a home to, you know, a place to call home um, and her living situation, she moved in and out of friends' houses. And uh, this helped attribute to her dropping out of high school in February of 2004. So after dropping off, dropping out, um, she lived with her childhood friend, Jillian, which she will be kind of a main player here um, in Sheldon, Vermont, and then eventually enrolled in a GED program. Three weeks before she disappeared, um, Brianna was involved with, in a uh, fight. Well, not really involved. She was attacked by a former friend named, okay, the spelling is like K-E Alley. I think it's spelled like set like pronounced Kelly. I'm gonna say mm. Kelly. I could be fucking wrong, but she got into a K E A L L I E. Yeah, it's probably it's Kelly. Yeah. No, right, it's probably Kelly. Kelly. It's probably just this. I think weird it's just Kelly. Kelly. Yeah, you know how us white people nowadays are naming our kids McKinley Ray or some shit. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so there was no apparent reason for the attack. However, uh, Brianna's dad, Bruce. Uh, subsequently stated that it may have been from jealousy on Kelly's part over Brianna's possible interaction with a guy at the party. So she was just like, you know, jealous that Brianna was probably talking to a guy that she was interested in, whatever, you know how girls are. Um, so due to her jujitsu training, because she's a bad bitch, <laughs> Brianna refused to engage with Kelly, which led Kelly to hit Brianna in the face many times while Brianna was seated in a truck. So Brianna was just sitting there and she didn't do anything, but Kelly was just like Brain wailing bitch. on her pretty much. Yeah. yeah. So eventually after the fight, Brianna um, went to the, you know, I'm assuming a hospital. She had a broken nose and a concussion as a result of the fight. And uh, she filed charges against Kelly, which good for her. Fuck that. And these were later dropped three weeks after Brianna disappeared. So this fight happened three weeks before Brianna went missing. Um, but as a disclaimer in what I've read online, Kelly was ruled out of any suspect, you know, lineup in Brianna's disappearance. So Kelly's not 
they just think that it's an odd coincidence, I'm assuming. So on to the disappearance. <clears throat> so Friday, March 19th, uh, 2004. How old were we? We were 13. Yeah. Crazy. Um, Brianna took her GED exam and then eventually met up with her mom to celebrate over lunch. Her father was out of state working in New York um, at this time. So her and her mom were just hanging out. After lunch, um, they went out and did other things. So her mom stated that Brianna was in good spirits and she was discussing future plans and attending a community college. And Brianna also was talking to friends about that too. So she had like a future. She had kind of a good grasp of what she wanted to do um, after getting her GED. So once, once lunch was over, Brianna and her mom went shopping and Aaron running for the remainder of the afternoon. And while they were at one of the stores, Brianna's, um, they were in the line to like buy shit. So she, they were in line to like leave pretty much. And Brianna told her mom that she would meet back up with her because something outside of the store caught Brianna's attention. And so she left and, and the store and went outside and her mom, uh, paid for the items and stuff. And she met Brianna in the parking lot of the store and noticed that Brianna seemed, um, and I quote, I'm assuming shaken, agitated and on edge. And, um, her mom didn't want to question anything about what happened out in the parking lot, uh, since she didn't want to pry, but she did kind of keep it in mind. Like it was fucking weird. And because of being agitated and everything, Brianna told her mom that she needed to be dropped off at Jillian's house where she was staying, uh, to get ready for her shift as a dishwasher at a, um, restaurant called Black Lantern Inn which is in Montgomery, Vermont. So her mom dropped her off at Jillian's home between 3.30 to 4 p.m. And this was the last time she saw her daughter alive. Brianna gets ready for work, and before leaving, she left a note for Jillian say, stating that she would be back home after she was done with her shift. Brianna left work in a 1980, green 1985 Oldsmobile sedan, which was registered in her mom's name. Fucking, that's an old fucking car. That's I was a, just thinking like the same thing. Like a 20 thing. year old car. Were Oldsmobiles like good cars back in the day? My mom swore by her Oldsmobile. Really? She had it for years. Okay. Okay. Because I know that my parents are like when we were really young, uh, we had this Buick and like it was an old 1980s Buick and we had it well into like the 2000s. But anyway, so Brianna left for work in 1985 oldsmobile that was green and was registered in her mom's name so brianna worked her shift and by all accounts it was an uneventful shift she had no calls or any visitors for her um, once it was over she clocked out and left the black lantern in her place of work at 11 20 p.m she stated to co-workers that she had to leave immediately after work because they invited her out for like a late dinner um, because she had to get up uh, she had to get home and sleep and get up early the next day because she was going to work her second job, which was in a different city called St. Albans the next day. Jeez. Yeah. Homegirl was like Busting fucking hustling. Yeah. yeah. So um, it is worth to note that by all accounts, Brianna left work alone with no one in her vehicle when she did leave. From what her co-workers said. When she left, it was just her. So fast forward to the next day, Saturday, March 20th, 2004. A Vermont state trooper was called to an abandoned house on Route 118 in Richford, Vermont, which was around two miles away from her place of work, the Black Lantern Inn. 
So once the trooper got on scene, they found an Oldsmobile backed in, backed into the side of a house called the Old Dutch Burn House. And if you guys Google this, it's a fucking creepy ass looking house. Old what? Old Dutch Burn House. And put like Vermont. I wanted to type in Old Dutch Oven House. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, that's creepy. Right? Fucking creepy. Ugh. Yeah, I don't like it. That gives screams, me the heebie-jeebies. That screams like drug house to me. Right. Yes. Like a squatter's house or yeah, something. something. Yeah, like, that. like I feel like you just walk in there and you just find like old tractors and shit. Like that's what it looks like. Or you walk in, you see like just dirty syringes. It's like something out of Jeepers Creepers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or Blair Witch. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nope, she did. Yep. Yeah, she's standing in the corner. So, um, so her old mobile was backed into the side of the house. That's a picture there. Oh and shit! A vehicle. Yeah. Fuck. Um, the siding on the house was destroyed by the rear end of the car, where the car was lodged onto the foundation of the house, and the rear tires were elevated, which made it kind of hard for the car to go away to like leave the yeah. scene. So, um, it was it was impossible for the for the car to get away or drive forward because of the rear tires being elevated. The plywood from a window was that was like you know nailed onto a window uh, was found on the trunk car's trunk. There were two paychecks of Brianna's, which were on the front seat of the car and outside of it. In addition to the paychecks, law enforcement found loose change, a water bottle, and an unsmoked cigarette in the car. So clearly there was no like motivation for robbery of Brianna, but who knows? Um, because obviously they'd want to take the fucking checks. Right. And back then, I'm sure it was easier to that like... It sounds like they were just wanting to kill. Like, right. Just... To take her and do something with yeah. her. Yeah. So the trooper, assume, trooper assumed this was an act performed by a drunk driver that left the scene. So then the car was towed to a local towing yard. Okay, so fucking hot take. What the fuck? This trooper just was like, huh. Person was probably drunk Where's and the car? left. Where's the owner? Right. Like, And why didn't you run the fucking plates? Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Wouldn't you run the plates? What? To figure out who it was. Because you know cops usually are pretty fucking... DUI happy? I was going to say, nowadays, they've got no fucking problem running plates. Right. That happens twice a week. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I guess I, he didn't want to run the plates or anything, so he just was like, oh, I guess I'll just have a toad. Like, what? Fucking drives... It, it, it's insane. So, in the meantime, Jillian, Brianna's roommate, saw the note that she had left on Friday before work. But had subsequently spent the weekend elsewhere, thus not knowing Brianna had been missing. So Jillian returned on Monday and found that the note had remained in the same place she had found it. And Jillian just assumed that Brianna was staying someplace else for the weekend as well. But by Monday, um, or I'm sorry, by Tuesday, Jillian called Brianna's mother to let her know that Brianna had not been home. So she knew something was up. Like obviously yeah. Brianna should be home and or call me to figure out like where's where the fuck she's at so due to these events brianna was not reported missing until tuesday march 23rd 2004 by her mother so she went missing friday night early hours saturday and she wasn't reported missing until tuesday Dang. so um her mom kelly reported her missing and after you know she reported her she began calling everyone to find any information on brianna's whereabouts 
However, this eventually proved fruitless um, as no one had seen nor heard from Brianna since that Friday. So both Brianna's mom and dad did not know of the car wreck at the Dutch Burn house because the cop just assumed that it was a drunk driver, you know, good police work. And uh, so they didn't know about the wreck until five days after the discovery of it, which was on Saturday, March 20th. So they didn't know about it until March 25th. So it'd been five days since like the car wreck I happened. Hope she and everything. actually like went after the police station about that. I don't think they, I don't That's think she did. Up. Yep. Because, well, the reason why they found out about it was because they went to the uh, state police barracks in St. Albans and because they reported her missing. And then two days later they went to this police station to give them photos of Brianna. So that way it would help in the search. And uh, that's when a, a state trooper uh, was like, oh, have you seen these photos of the wreckage out by you guys? And they saw it and was like, that, that that's, that's our, our car. car. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> so um, and they identified that the car was indeed Brianna's and that she was driving it on the day that she disappeared, March 19th. So Kelly stated in interviews, her mom, Brianna's mom. That upon seeing the photos of the car, she was instinctively revulsed by the photos and believed that this was not the works of her daughter, but instead someone else that had left the car in such a way. So she instantly thought, like, this um, isn't Brianna. What the yeah. fuck? You know, she wouldn't do that shit. Plus, that's such a weird. It was backed up. How backed would up. you? Weirdly, positioned up. weird. Yeah. Like, usually if you crash into a car, it's like front first, not. Like, did she yeah. tailspin? That's or? what I was wondering. Like, maybe did she, like, did someone try to run her off the road? She tailspun into the building or right. something? And then they took her from the car? Or... By the pictures, to me, it looks like they backed it up and tried to, like, make it where nobody would think it was suspicious. Like, I don't know. Interesting. It's it really weird. That's really strange. <laughs> well, we'll, uh, we can speculate after that. That's interesting. So... Here are the witness sightings that were reported after Brianna had been officially reported as a missing person. Um, so after her disappearance was reported and became public, some individuals went to law enforcement to report sightings of the car at the Dutch Burn house the night Brianna disappeared. So according to one account, one man drove by the house between 1130 and 1230 a.m. on March 19th to the 20th and stated that the car's headlights might have been on, but did not see anyone or anything in or around the car. A second man uh, said that he drove by uh, the Dutch burn house between 12 to 1230 a.m. on March 20th and saw a turn signal flashing on the car. So my first question is these dudes didn't fucking think to, that it was suspect that a fucking car is lodged into a side of a fucking house. Right. Like no, they no, just no. drove on by and was like, mm, that's normal. You know, that's cool. That's yeah. I see that every fucking day of my life. A car just drive driven into the side, backed up. Yeah. And I, they didn't fucking call the cops at the time. I'm a nosy son of a bitch. I would have drove by like two <laughs> or three times and I would have been like, what the hell is going on here? And then probably called the cops. Right. Exactly. Like a normal fucking human. Yeah. So around 4 a.m. on March 20th. So the Saturday. A former boyfriend of Brianna's drove past the house after a night of partying across the border in Canada and stated that the car looked familiar but didn't see anyone in or around it, so he didn't stop. Fucking hot take. Coincidence. That's right. weird. 
he just dr- happens to drive by, but he could be just living in the same city. Like, That's you know, true, that yeah, just yeah. could be the route that he always takes home. So can't really speculate too much about about the former boyfriend. I'm sorry, but, but I would know what my ex's car looked like. Too. Right. And especially a green fucking Oldsmobile yeah. like that. That car's a boat. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like Not I'd be like. That was out mm-hmm. there in 2004, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Not every fucking team. Usually you're driving a fucking Chevy Cavalier at that right. point. And so the fourth witness uh, testimony is the following morning, some witnesses drove by the scene and found it weird enough to stop and take pictures of it. But certainly not odd enough to fucking call the cops, right? You know, oh, like they, they took pictures of everything and then just moved on. Fucking, weird. yeah. What what the fuck are you eating out there? What are you drinking out in Vermont, guys? Are you for real? Just fucking driving by fucking crime scenes and being like, that's fine. What? <laughs> okay. So, um, those are the witness accounts. Next, I will discuss the investigation. Okay, so on to the investigation. So these are the initial findings. At first, the Vermont State Police were skeptical that foul play was involved and thought that Brianna was a runaway because so many people take a major test like the GED and make plans to go to college and have a future just to decide, nah, fuck that. I did this twice when I took the MCAT. I just fell off the face of the earth and then I came back. She took the GRE and was like, I'm going to go to college or GED. And and I did it five times when I took the GRE. I just was like, I'm going to go crash my car into the side of a fucking (laughs) building and and hope that everybody thinks that me being gone is me being a runaway. But anyway, um, yeah, so I plan on doing this once I finish my candidacy exam, guys. So if I just crash my car into a. (laughs) A brick building, you know why. Um, (laughs) So the area around Dutchburn House was combed on foot by police and search dogs, but unfortunately nothing was found. On March 30th, 2004, the Green Oldsmobile was processed by the state crime lab for evidence, although it had been impounded for several days post-disappearance. Once the car was released to the family, however, Brianna's dad found that Brianna's debit card, contacts, lens case, and migraine meds were left inside which wasn't processed by the state. So eventually and painstakingly, Brianna's disappearance was finally concluded by law enforcement that foul play was a probable cause. A 2007 flyer by the FBI had stated that the position in which her car was found in may have been staged to appear as an accident. Brianna's parents believe that she was most likely abducted by multiple people since it would be difficult for a single attacker to subdue her due to her being trained as a badass bitch (laughs) jujitsu. She's bad. (laughs) So here are the allegations. The week after her disappearance, Vermont State Police got an anonymous tip claiming that Brianna was being held against her will in a house in Berkshire, Vermont, which is around 10 miles away from where she was last seen. Mm Mm-hmm. The house was owned by two known drug dealers from New York named Ramon Ryans and Nathaniel Nathan. Nathan, Nathan, I'm just fucking saying Nathan. Nathan. (laughs) Piece of shit. Nathaniel. Nathaniel. um, Charles Jackson. And the house was raided on April 15th, 2004, where copious amounts of the devil's cabbage and the devil's (laughs) nose candy was found. (laughs) (laughs) Alongside drug paraphernalia, but no sign of Brianna. Ramon was arrested on drug charges. Police interviewed some of Brianna's close friends and discovered that she had indeed experimented with hard drugs most recently. No. And they specified crack cocaine as one of them. Oh, no. She got into some 
drug lord. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man. Bad bitch. So she was mad. So Ryan's and Jackson, the two drug dealers, were acquaintances of Brianna's apparently too. So they also found that a little interesting. Later in 2004, an anonymous older female stated to police implicating Ryan's and Jackson and Brianna's disappearance and alleged murder. The affidavit, so the affidavit, whatever. Affidavit. Affidavit. This anonymous older female signed alleged that Brianna was murdered exactly one week after disappearing. Huh. Older female claimed that Ramon Ryan's murdered Brianna over an argument that they had over money that Brianna had lent to Ramon in order for him to buy crack. Say crack again. <laughs> crack. Her body allegedly had been stored in the basement of a woman that had been recently, a local woman that had been recently incarcerated. I was going to say, where, where was her body? Well, it was stored there and subsequently dismembered with a table saw and disposed of on a pig farm, allegedly. Oh, what the fuck? Allegedly. Allegedly, Joseph. Allegedly. <laughs> Didn't actually happen. We so don't know. <laughs> my first question is what the fuck is up with like Canada? Even though this isn't Vermont, and I know that, but they obviously her boyfriend was partying in fucking Canada. So it's very close to Canada. What the mm -hmm. fuck is up with Canada and their pigs eating human remains? Like this is um, not the first there's that serial that's killer. What makes so good. Because <laughs> you're chasing human. Maybe this is why exactly my parents were not big on bacon bacon, like pig and shit i'm just kidding um anyway so law enforcement was unable to corroborate the claims in the letter however brianna's family had been receiving uncorroborated phone calls claiming that brianna was tied to a tree in the woods and disposed of at the bottom of a lake which yeah. i mean honestly that's probably just bored assholes crank calling them yeah that wanted to fuck with them that's which terrible. is so fucking shitty so fucking shitty so fucked up that's what they have. Subsequent developments, however, since 2004. In 2006, security footage at the Caesars World Casino in Atlantic City, New Jersey, showed a woman who looked like Brianna sitting at a poker table. Hmm. And this woman was never properly identified. So did she, like, just disappear off the face of the earth? Right. Well, they don't. They have no idea. They have no idea what the fuck happened to so her. So she could still be alive out there. Well, there's some more developments. Um... 2012, there was a potential connection between this piece of shit that we will eventually co cover. Um, he's an Alaskan pussy-ass bitch and serial killer, Israel Keys, <laughs> and Brianna Maitland. So they 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 thought... Israel Keys, that name sounds familiar. Mm -hmm. I've talked about him yeah. to you before. He's a piece of shit. Um, they they were looking at a potential connection between Israel and, and Brianna. So uh, for those of you who don't know, Keyes is an American serial killer who committed multiple rapes and murders in multiple states with kill kits buried in random spots throughout the U.S. for him to commit murder at any time in any place. He has known murders that occurred in Alaska, Oregon, Washington, Vermont, New York, and possibly New Jersey, too. FBI ruled out Keyes as a potential connection after this piece of shit committed suicide in jail like a coward. So... We'll cover him later. I mm, I remember reading about him after he committed suicide in 2012 um, when they were like, okay, well, you, you killed yourself in prison and deals off. Because he made a deal with the FBI when he was eventually caught to not make a big deal about him. Like, oh, he didn't want to be known. Fuck that. Right. And because he had a daughter and he didn't want his daughter to be known as a serial, serial killer's daughter. And so he's trying to, quote unquote, protect her. 
And so when he committed suicide in prison, FBI was like, <laughs> you breached what we agreed on. Fuck you. And I think there was a journalist that was part of the Freedom of Information Act that got information on him and like busted the whole case open. It was like, yeah, there was a serial killer in Alaska, like currently. Because <laughs> I think he was apprehended in 2012. But yeah, we'll cover him. He's a piece of shit. I hate him. Um, 2016, uh, on the 12th anniversary of the case, investigators in Vermont revealed to a local TV station that DNA had been recovered from the car, but the results were not made public. However, later that year, the Dutch burn house was destroyed in a fire. So those are the late, like the latest developments. How did the fire happen to the Dutch burn? Kind of weird. I didn't look into it. Maybe I mean usually no, no, just years. a few, just a few um, months after they in oh. 2016. Oh, okay. after they said about yeah, the DNA, no. yeah, no, it's it was still standing. Um, up they, until 2016, why would they think DNA would still be valid in that car? Did they get in 2006? Did they find it in 2016, or did they find it back? No, they found it back in the day. They oh, just didn't. I was like, it. what? Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. Um, so Brianna went missing 17 years, 10 months and 10 months and 27 days ago. And this year she would have been 36. Damn. So anyone with information on the disappearance of Brianna Alexandra Maitland, she's a Caucasian female, brown hair, brown eyes, five feet inch, five feet five in 2004. She was 17. So she could still be growing. Uh, she has a scar on the forehead near her left eyebrow, left nostril piercing. Um, if anyone has any information on her, please contact the Vermont State Police at 802-524-5993. And the sources for this case that I uh, just gathered, DNA Solves, uh, which is a website that has people take on cases to kind of sponsor them. Mm -hmm. And this guy took on Brianna's. And of course, Wikipedia was a major source of information because her case is apparently really big. I've never heard of her until uh -uh. I looked up like missing cases out east. I'm so there's not a movie yet. Right. Well, I mean, what what could they do? Everything happened so fast. Yeah. You know, That's they true. really can't make a story out of it without dr dramatizing the fuck out of it. Yeah. So what do you guys think happened? I don't know. I feel like if she's getting involved with some cocaine drugs. Um, so I you mean, think it was more drug related? I have a feeling it was. I mean, if she's missing still, I mean, she may have been offed by one of these drug dealers or whatever, or traded for drugs or something. Yeah. Um, to like a bigger drug lord or whatever. Um, or she could have gotten to some deep shit and needed to bounce and then just like didn't tell anywhere she left and just went um she might I, she might still be out there doing drugs she might have a whole new life who knows i'm not sure i can kind of have two different opinions on it like how sure are they about the roommate were they really good friends to me to not say anything about the note for that many days is kind of well weird. she was out she saw the note packed up a bag and went somewhere else for the weekend Coincidence. Well, I don't know. Yeah, but I'm sure she was out boinking a guy. Oh, Let's be real. Yeah. 19 years old or 17 years old living on your own. True. I know girls. Fuck. 
17, you want to go be with your boyfriend because it's your forever love, you know. I believe the roommate. I don't think that there was anything. I I mean, what motive? What would she get out of it? Maybe she wanted her boyfriend or something. I don't know. Like She ratted her out. I don't know. Or maybe she's alive out there and she staged everything. The note, the car. I don't think she was that far. Maybe she actually didn't take in and she just wanted to leave and she got it all sorted out and didn't want. Maybe she was embarrassed and didn't want her family to find out what she was into. Well, the fucking car. Just like, how the, where did she go? After she was, after the car wreck, where would she have gone? Because in that spot, it looked like there would have been footprints and stuff there from what it looked like. Well, I guess it depends on like the state of the dirt and everything. I don't know. I know it's cold up there all the time because it's close to Canada. But I, I mean, if she were to just up and make a new life for herself, who picked her up? It's not like we had Uber in 2004. You know what I mean? And, and she didn't have a cell phone. I'm assuming otherwise they would have pinged it. I'm sure. So it's like, where, like, I'm sure the nearest airport was a long far away from where she was at so it's not like she just up and left immediately and it's such a small town that if somebody was hiding her for her to eventually like just up and leave somebody would have talked right i would assume so i'm not i think the drug dealers had something to do with it probably right or or somebody like maybe the drug dealers as fucking, this is the worst nightmare ever, but one of them may have hidden the backseat of her car and overtook her because that place, that house was two miles away, less than two miles away from where she worked. So it happened like that. It was quick. Exactly. And that's me too. I always check the backseat of my car. But I mean, that would make sense. Like they just spook her. She fucking tailspins hits the fucking house and then they just take her because that's who she wanted. But if it was the drug dealers and it was money motivated, then why didn't they take, take the checks? Yeah. You know, why didn't they take her? Well, they made, well, apparently based on that one story, like one witness saying that she had given them money to get money to get, like have get drugs. So maybe it wasn't like they, (laughs) like they, was it, money motivated like they owe she owed them money but maybe they could use her as a way to like you know get more drugs for them or something no, right checks that would really be no good to them anyway because they, like they can cash them yeah well back in 2004 it was so easy to do that though oh, true. and they could have kept her captive to catch the checks yeah true so it's like was it was it money motivated or not because they had yeah. two fucking paychecks right there and loose change and everything like i don't i don't know but it very well could have been Israel Keys. He didn't fucking, he killed a lot of people. He just wanted to toy with the FBI when he was caught and didn't play his entire hand. And he, I think he killed a couple in Vermont. I'm pretty sure he so murdered how, an entire how he couple. he would have got to her, like. Right. Weird. I never know. He's been stalking her. Could have hit in her car. Yeah, and maybe he was walking through. So like, he did stalk people. His last victim he watched, and yeah, just just makes you wonder. I, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, very scary. But yeah, if anybody has any information on that, um, call the Vermont State Police. 
And that is our disappearance case for today. So the next time we do like a hot takes episode, I guess one of us can do a, just look up a real quick disappearance case. Yeah. and kinda... Ones that are not like real popular. Right. Yeah. Kind of help out the, the case and the victim's families and everything. So, but that's, that's the case for tonight. I know that was pretty uh... interesting. Yeah. Really, really interesting. I know what I'll probably be laying in bed doing that tonight. I know. Right. <laughs> Trying to figure shit out. Okay, so I guess we can go on to the reveal of the subject for our first official episode. Burr. So I'm not gonna fuck it up this time. <laughs> <laughs> the first headliner. Yeah. I guess we can use our terminology. Um, the first headliner is um the Zodiac. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> this is the Zodiac speaking. <laughs> <laughs> that fucking boner. So we're going to be covering the Zodiac. Um, for those of you who uh, really, really want to get into the mood of of 1968, I recommend, I don't know, drop, tune in, turn on, drop out, smoke some grass, drop some fucking acid, listen to the Beatles. I don't know. Get into, get into the... Uh, the, the mood of the, the 1960s, yeah. I know I will be. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so get excited for that. It's going to be a three-parter. We're going to discuss the victims first, and and then we'll discuss um, maybe a two-parter, you know? A twofer? A twofer. I think we can cover it in two, yeah. two parts. Um, well, one of them, one of the, you know, probable suspects... It can take a while discussing that because it's a buildup. It's uh, really, really true. fucking long. That's true. But yeah, so we can just play by ear, but yeah. it'll be multiple parter. Um, but yeah, that's that's the end of our first episode. Killing it. Yeah, I think we're all just kind of frazzled with my computer. We made it work. Yeah, fucking piece of shit. So um, hours later, <laughs> pretty much. Um, I guess we can plug our uh, Gmail. If you have a hot take or whatever, you want to berate us. I, I don't give a fuck, whatever. If we even get anybody to listen to this. But it's crimeapalooza at gmail.com. Our Instagram is at crimeapalooza podcast. Um, or you can follow our individual accounts, which I probably won't follow you back because I only know I only follow people I know. Um, <laughs> at Joseph Andrew 13. Shit, I don't remember. <laughs> That's how much we're on Instagram. Yeah, I gotta look. At Johnny Boy 1324, right? I think so, yeah. And at Alexandria the OK. Yeah, you're right. It's yeah? Alexandria 13. Yeah. yeah. And then our Twitter at Crimeapalooza. So add us, add at us, add us. Um, like I said, I probably won't accept, but whatever. Um I don't DMs. fucking I don't take Instagram seriously. I think it's stupid. But anyway, um yeah, so I guess I guess we uh we're gonna sign off here because we have to return some videotapes. It's not <laughs>